and welcome, one and all, to episode 292 of Filmcasters. And as always, I'm joined by... Hello everybody, Matt Foster. Hello everybody, Becky Foster. Hello, hello all. So, coming up this week, we've got reviews of um, a film I literally watched three and a half weeks ago, so I'm very much going to be letting Mark and Becky lead on... uh, Barry Jenkins, If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, we've got some uh, Happy Death Day to you. Um, and we've got the latest Patreon review uh, as we take a look at the final girls. Um, also going to have some trailers and some what we watched and uh, the huge um, Patreon content upcoming. Um Andrew Jones and I recorded episode two of the Untitled Jones Lauren project last night. Um, so there's about half an hour of me prattling on about Atmos equipment while um, Andrew basically nods. Bless him. Um, I kind of railroaded that one a little bit. Um, and yeah, there's that. Um, I don't know. Are we? So we're doing we're doing playing it forward next week. I don't think we're doing a normal show because we're doing playing it forward. Is that right? Uh, and we've got Oscar's show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think between the two, I think we're covered for the week, aren't we? So uh, we've got Oscar. Yeah, we've got Oscar Bation coming up on uh, recording that obviously on Sunday night. So I'll have that up in its unedited form as we always do on Monday. Um, and then playing it forwards coming as well. So yeah, uh, no regular show next week, but you're still going to get like probably four or five hours of content out of us. So you know. yeah, and, and, and the, the, the film release this week was called Pursuit. I really want to see that. I'm 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 going to see Cold Pursuit, but I, I I think that might be one that maybe we could just kind of cover in what we watched. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because you, you want to see it, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it looks it looks very Cohen-y. Uh-huh. I'd never thought about that actually. Yeah, that, that never struck me actually. Well, it does actually, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what are you guys covering on Pay It Forward, or is that a secret until the show? I did speech works the other day. Yeah, remind me. <laughs> I don't listen to you. Thanks for that. <laughs> the Great Beauty, gone, and. Lucky, lucky. Which obviously we watched not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm involved in paying it forward. I'm we have this, this, this conversation that you can be if you want to be. Yeah, yeah. You're, we had a you're, whole conversation about it, and you literally cannot remember it, can you? <laughs> you're, you're, you're properly more than welcome. Like, obviously, like all all good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you don't you don't sound that into it though. It's cool. I don't. I just don't want to like. I don't want to force myself into an, an already established dynamic. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. But we'll leave. We'll leave that. We'll leave that with you, little Barbara. All right. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. It's it, it's up to you, Becky. No no pressure. But you, you know, you're more than welcome to join us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's talk trailers because I'm assuming movie news has just been. I don't know the big the big thing along among the trades the last couple of days is that Jossie Somet Somlet guy. 
Yeah. Just have movie news, is it? It's like TV news. But yeah, I mean, that's weird if it's like fake to hate crime. Yeah, I, I just, nah, I just, it's. <sighs> That's just it, it's it's a fucking mess, and yeah. that guy yeah. has obviously got some mental issues. And I don't think that one case of someone faking it like makes up for or proves anything. So it doesn't. Let's... It doesn't. No. Uh, the, the, the worry. The worry is. It, it, it doesn't. I completely agree with what you're saying. The problem is, for some, it can be used now as a well. Look at that. And mm. that's that. That's that's the issue, and it's the. It shouldn't be looked like that at all. However, it's if you've done put ammunition in the gun, you aren't going to be shooting. Well, that's it, and it's 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 the same as I mean we were talking about it the other day for different musical reasons, but it, when you get into like fake accusations and stuff with Me Too, it cheapens anyone that comes out with an accusation. It, it, it does. It, 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 no matter what, it, it, people will use it to over-muddy the water. Yeah, yeah. It can be more harming than it has any necessary means, means to be. But he does deny fake doesn't he? I don't know. I've not really thought of it. No. It, it kind of seems like he's pretty much busted now. Um, like he turned it, himself into police, hasn't he today? Yeah. Mm. So, I, <laughs> it just ah, oh, it's so like I don't know. It, what the fuck was he thinking? Like, what the fuck was he thinking? I, I, anyway, um, I think the, the, the only other mild news is the um, the current claims that um, that people are trying to. Anti-feminists, I suppose, would be the best way to describe them, are trying to harm Captain Marvel. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. For you know, oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck those guys. I mean, personally, I think it looks shit. To be honest, yeah, but not because it's a chick. But not, but, but that's not shit. Do you know what is it? A yeah. female superhero? We've written about that just because I think it looks a bit shit. But do you know what? I'm still going into it, sitting down, going, do you know what? I think it looks a bit shit, but it might not be. And, I, and I'm going in hoping that it is, rather than seeming like a lot of other people uh, are going in hoping that it's going to be shit, because then it gives them the validation of going, well, yeah, I told you it's going to be shit. I, I think it looks shit. I really hope I'm wrong. And do you know what? I think I probably am going to be a little bit wrong. I'm probably going to enjoy it a lot more than, than the trailers and making me think I'm going to enjoy it. I think from watching the footage and stuff, the, the trailers and the TV spots, I think promotion of it has maybe focused far too heavily on the fact that, oh my God, look, it's a girl. The, 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 I, I think so far one of the worst things in the whole Marvel Universe is the bit in the trailer where it has her and then it pans out to saying a hero. Yeah. It's a bit like, really? Uh, yeah. uh, That's hallmarky. That's lifetime yeah. movie levels of shit. And the one with the catchphrase. Can't remember the catchphrase. Higher, oh, faster, further, or yeah, that's yeah. the one. So yeah, I think I think maybe it's more a marketing problem than a film problem. Yeah, I think they've maybe lent in too far to. Oh my god, it's a girl. Yeah, uh, Scott Hansen's probably sat there going, um, "I'm I'm here." 
I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, all I know is it comes out in two weeks. It's, like, going to be the first Marvel Studios film that we all go and see as a family, and I'm pretty fucking pumped about that. That's like, pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Like, Lottie is solely interested in it because it's a girl superhero. Which is awesome. Which, you know, like, so it's going to have to do a really... It's going to have to do a really bad job to kind of engender, like, ill will for... I mean, that and this 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 new story, it, like, I really... I, I haven't been in the, into the marketing either, and it does... It looks anodyne. Like, it really... And the early reviews are basically saying, it's great that she's here, but not really saying anything about the film itself, and that that's definitely... <laughs> Yeah, yeah you know. I, I, I saw one review that said that, that basically said nothing about the film, but said, but you know, she's going to be a great addition to the Marvel Universe. It's like, but what? <laughs> I, I do get that feeling with it though that they, they've basically just gone shit. We need Carol Danvers in this shit for for Endgame, so we'd better get an origin story out there. It, it does kind of feel like that. And mm, I, I, Ben Mendelsohn's a baddie. Of course he fucking is. Like, I, God, I want that guy. I need to see Mississippi Grind because it, it, like, it's directed by the people directing Captain Marvel, and it kind of actually seems like that might be him. Mississippi Grind, the one with yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, really fucking good. Yeah, there you go. So, like, I, I, I think I will check that out in the next couple of weeks. Just to, I don't know. I just want to see. But even oh, then again, the same people did that. Yeah. Um, even though you guys didn't, did you guys see the Land of Steady Habits, the Nicole Holofcener film from last year? No. He, ben Mendelsohn basically plays a kind of like a middle-aged sex machine in that film, and it's pretty great for that. Ooh, that sounds. Uh, oh yes, I remember you reviewing that and thinking, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a Netflix film. Um, it's it, it, it's it's worth a go actually. But yeah. Um, anyway, Ben Mendelsohn. It just. I rewatched Ready Player One, and it's just like it's just the fucking, it's the prototypical Ben Mendelsohn kind of role, or at least it kind of feels like it is. Um, it's, it's the role he can do in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like um, it's like Mark Strong, kind of like around the end of the like. Yeah, it, the it's Mark Strong, two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exact. That's exactly it. Um, but I, you know, Place Beyond the Pines, man. Like that's a film I need to watch again soon as well. I've been yeah, that was I, your number one of that year, wasn't it? I fucking love the Place Beyond the Pines, and just like his character in that, he's like a dirtbag, but he's kind of fun as well. And there's this really good gif of him just like dancing with a dog, which uh, from that <laughs> yeah. film, which is incredible. Um, anyway, that was a tangent. Um, <laughs> so Captain Marvel, Rocket Man. Um, there was an actual, like, it was weird, there was like a little featurette kind of thing that came out earlier in the week, but a trailer is now out. Um, and it's it seems to be throwing a lot of shade, just pointing out how much Taron Edgerton is doing his own singing. Yeah, which is weird to see it's Dexter Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, I don't know, it almost kind of feels like, right, yeah, we've got that out the way. Here we are, motherfuckers. And I... I'm I, I'm into this because it doesn't look like it, it doesn't look like it's going to be afraid to paint him as a bit of a dickhead. 
Um, which yeah. it it always with Bohemian Rhapsody, it felt like it was he's a dickhead, but it's because of the, it's because of the drugs and it's because of the drink and it's because he's falling in with the wrong crowd. I mean, I, I still and it, think and, it, and it's because did you know he's a gayer. Yeah, what? I mean, the, the, so Brian May and Roger Taylor, they're saints. Yes, yeah, yeah. So obviously, Freddie Mercury is bad because and, they're saints. And Roger yeah. Taylor, you know, all his womanising while he was together with the people, he was just a cad, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, it, it, but Rocket Man, I mean, like the the fact that it's saying, I think the tag, the the, the trailer says like to to live his life, it, it, it's through fantasy or something like that, and. It, it does seem like the musical sequences are going to go into the fantastical, and yeah. it, it it feels. It, I mean, it's a biopic, but one that kind of very much feels in the spirit of Elton John. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody, as we've said all along, feels like a film that Freddie Mercury would be ashamed of. It, yeah, it, it's. Yeah. I, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is in the spirit of an ITV special, mm. and uh, Rocketman apparently is is in the spirit. Of more akin to something like Bronson, apparently. Uh, it that is what I fucking amazing. It, it is what I great. saw um, Dexter Fletcher saying uh, a while ago about it. Was saying that they wanted to kind of do that, where they wanted to tell the story and tell the real story, but not in similar beats and not go dum ba dum ba dum ba dum dum. Just go. Didn't you say a while ago that there was a quote from Elton John? I, I don't care what they put in it. Whatever they put in it, it can't be as uh, scandalous as real life. Yeah, it, it, no, no matter how, no matter how um, bad they portray me, it can't be as bad as I actually was. Yeah. Um, and so he, he said, "Do that," but like you say, it does appear from the trailer like it's going to have more to it than just your standard. This happened. And then this happened, and then this happened. And, and the thing then is, this... as well, what you've got to take from that is it, it's very different to frame someone as a bad person with their consent against to frame someone as a bad, fucking needy, please have me back, queen, please have me back, queen person. You mean that didn't actually happen? Which didn't actually fucking happen after they're dead when they can't go out and go, oh, yeah, I fucking did that. Yeah. I was quite happy on my own. Fuck off. Um, I, 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 I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I have low expectations, but not because anything to do with Boyd Matsu or anything like that. I have low expectations because I, I don't think that. Oh, I, I've always, even years ago, when um, what's his name, we go to Waterline was back to it, um, and it was going to be Justin Timberlake was going to play Elton John. Even back then, I was a little bit like, I don't, we already know everything. Because <laughs> he's not shy from what is it. So we're not a fan of Bells out. Elton John, outlandish, liked to drink, loved a bit of cocaine. Uh, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think it could be really good. And yeah, there's knowing it and then there's seeing it portrayed. Yeah. It's different, isn't it? It's- uh, what, what the line is, is a perfect example, actually. Like, you can listen to Johnny Cash music, you can know the story behind it, but having it laid out in front of you, it, it's a completely different... What I'm very much looking forward to is getting a uh, Dexter Fletcher movie that is going to be on the side of buses, that's going to be on posters, that's going to be out there, 
everybody's going to be really excited to going to see this this Elton John movie mm. that's going to get a soundtrack sung by Taron Egerton that's going to get its own soundtrack that just isn't a fucking greatest hits album yeah. with a different cover. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm up for it. I don't, I, I don't have the fatigue that some people seem to have for it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited. And I'm actually quite looking forward to it as a as a kind of palate cleanser, I suppose, after hearing Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody has left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. The, the fact that they're opening the fucking Oscars makes me want to come into the Oscars 10 minutes late because watching those fucking two spiteful old men perform with fucking Glamber, I can't be arsed with it. Who's That's what everyone called him when he was on like American Idol or whatever it was. That's where he's come from. He's a fucking reality TV star. I can't, I just can't be asked it. I don't want to watch it. Okay. Um, just on a positive note, I and I 100% agree with that. I, I, I and as Mark said, I'm really excited to see if a, a, a Dexter Fletcher like actually break out with this as well. Like I've, I remember LFF. Like I think it was, it might have been 2010, which is fucking terrifying. But it might, it might have been 2010. When um, I, I saw Wild Bill, and it was literally, I had a I had a, a press uh, accreditation, and literally just like put my name down for a bunch of films. It was a lot easier to get kind of like random draw tickets at the time, and I got a ticket for Wild Bill, and I knew nothing about it, and I watched it and I had a blast. And Dexter Fletcher did a Q and A. I'm pretty sure it was its first screening, like it might have been its first public screening ever. And that film film was awesome, and it just got no attention whatsoever. And then Sunshine on Leaf came out and didn't really do anything. Eddie the Eagle comes out. It's got Hugh Jackman. It's got Taron Egerton. It doesn't really do anything, and it, like it, it, that's the marketing, I think. And then Dexter Fletcher, he like he, he was originally considered for Bohemian Rhapsody before Brian Singer got it. Mm. Um. But obviously, you know, that that just went through development hell. That Just the fact that that film went through so many fucking iterations ended up being the film that it was. And yet, here we are. It, it's so fucking weird. Um, but, yeah, I just... I'm If this time next year we're seeing Dexter Fletcher in Best Director contention, Stranger Things... I mean, Stranger Things have fucking happened. Um, then... You know, maybe I'll be thankful for Bohemian Rhapsody because it got into that place. Who knows? What I will say is it will be a better made movie than that one. Um, God, yeah. Oh, what else have we got? Um, the Highwayman? Yeah, very much up for this. Yeah, man. Netflix um, having a bit of a banger in March, aren't they? Because they've got, uh, they got Triple Frontier... They've yep. got another film we'll probably mention in a minute, and The Highwayman. Like, there you go, you're fucking nine ninety nine a month or whatever. That's easily paid for, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, The Highwayman. It's it feels like a film because it's, it's weird. It's by the it's by the the blind side in there. Yeah, John Lee Hancock. Yeah, that that worries me mildly. But mm. I was watching it, going, this feels like a sort of movie that I'd like a different job. I'd like John Hillcoat to have done something like this because you imagine it had a bit more bite to it but it's Costner and Harrelson as um, essentially like faded 
Lawman um, taking down Bonnie and Clyde. That's not bad. This but it sounds really good. Mm. You know, I'm that's yeah, I'm very much up for this. So you're right. Um, there's, some, the, there's some great looking shots in it as well, actually. I just it, it just it's a side of Bonnie and Clyde which you just have never considered. But in the end of the day, Bonnie and Clyde were bad guys, and it's like maybe we should be following the people who are tracking them down. You know? <laughs> well, that, that's it. You know, there's a romanticism that's been attributed to them, and you know, we're going to follow up the guys there. And the fact that that. There's a quote actually in the film that it's haven't you heard where they're bad guys, mm, mm-hmm. you know. And but I think what it's what I understand it, it, I've read a little bit about it. What it, they're doing is they're going to show look, Bonnie and Clyde weren't these rebels; they were murderers. Yeah, you know that they they killed people with families with you know kids for fun. You know the romanticizing of them as being. It, it's got an, it, it's silly and this is what these guys were going up against they were thoroughly expecting to not survive this they were going into it with the intention of you apparently it was they were based on you, you're not going to catch them but you're the only thing we've not tried yet but you're probably going to die and that was they were yeah we probably are but at the same time we might just kill them take them down yeah um so the other Netflix film that I just kind of mentioned there, from the director of the Jackass movies, it's The Dirt. I, I haven't seen the trailer for this. Uh, go watch it now. Go watch it now, all right. What, go, go on, watch it now, and like do a little commentary of you watching it. Uh, you too watching it, sorry. Thanks, come on, baby. <laughs> the, oh. The, oh, for God's sake, The... <laughs> Dirt trailer. Boop doop doo. There we go. Netly flicks. Stein. Oh, I can't hear it. See, no one will watch what I've got. I don't think this, this, this isn't going to pull much very funny shit because these guys don't care about what comes out. <laughs> yeah, it's got some titties in there for I have made points that there's two little boobs in movies recently. You have, you have mentioned it a few times. Yeah. The parental warning never mentions boobs anymore, does it? The parental warning never mentions boobs anymore, it's, it's, it's upsetting. <laughs> oh. I have a feeling that you're going to come out the other end of this film and just want to watch Hot Tub Time Machine again, though. All right, then. Um, you want to watch Hot Time Machine again now, do you? I do indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up for that. It looks alright, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks. It looks. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, to be honest. 
which is what a Motley Crew biopic kind of should yeah, be. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, what else pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, that was a worthy two minutes of everyone's time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, shit, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else? Uh, long shot, which you didn't like and I quite like. Oh, Jesus fucking wept. Right, yeah, I didn't laugh once at this. Right, Seth Rogen is a irresponsible guy who Charlize Theron is somehow attracted to for probably two hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do you know what? I just... I think it's just that I like I, I find Seth Rogen and amusing. But so do I. I like the interview. This is the end. Like I'm. I I like Seth Rogen films. I don't know what it is about. It just. I'll be honest, and I am showing my fucking age like no one's business. Any man that at the age that he is should not be wearing clothes like that. Grow the fuck up. I, I agree with you on this. That that has been my problem with the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Anthony Kalidas for about the past fifteen years. Is he dresses like a fourteen year old? So yeah, I can I can I can agree with you on on, on that. There, but I I think I literally think maybe if I watched this blindfolded. Well, you can't watch something blindfolded. That was a stupid thing to say. Um, if I watch, no, I'm, I was about to say it again. Then what am I trying to say? <laughs> I watched it with my eyes closed. Maybe he's blurred out. But no, but that would be the same as well. You can't watch something with your eyes closed. No, you can't. <laughs> Maybe if I listened to this movie. <laughs> but yeah, if I listened to this trailer and didn't see what he was wearing, which isn't nearly as eloquent a fucking way of... There's got to be a... There's got to be a fucking... Fr- that's going to bother the shit out of me. There's got to be a shorter way of saying that. But yes, I think maybe I would have laughed at it. But I'll be honest... I watched it in bed on YouTube at about half midnight last Friday or Saturday, drunk, and I didn't laugh once. And I just got very annoyed about what he was wearing. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I, I'm, I'm all right with it. Is it one of those films like, like, like Adam Sandler movies when you're watching it, going, "Those girls wouldn't go for him." Is it one of those? And not quite as bad as an Adam Sandler one where Adam Sandler can pull Salma Hayek or Jennifer Aniston and Brooklyn Decker in the same movie. He's got to be properly fucking charming in this film for me to believe that. Because he's already kind of got that with... um, God, what are the films that that Zephron's in with him? Bad Neighbours. Yeah. Like, she won't go for him. Oh, with Rose Byrne. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I don't know. I mean, like... It, I have a feeling they're anchor babies. They're what? Anchor babies. What's that mean? It's it, where you have a baby with someone to make them stay with you. Yeah, it's an anchor oh, baby. Oh, shit. That's a hot You get them pregnant, anchor baby. Anchor baby, yeah. You you lock, know, have you ever watched The League, You Ian? lock that shit no, down. No, no, no. That's, that's a term and a half. That is anchor baby. Anchor baby. Oh, that's just mean. I, God, that, that I don't know. There's a, I was going to say there's a weightiness to that, which, yeah. but I mean it though. <laughs> like just the the impactfulness of that and what that means. That, oh, my <laughs> word. 
but it's, no, it's, 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 bothered you, it's, it's both impressed and bothered you that phrase, hasn't yeah. it? That, we, that, we use that phrase a lot, actually, don't we? Okay, like, baby. Yeah. Just yeah. like, it's that, that, I don't know, like, that shit's just fucking devastating. Like, that's the kind of, like, because you explain it, and then it's like, that really makes sense, and that's fucking hurtful. <laughs> yep. Anchor, baby. Wow, that is a, wow, all right. If, if oh, I, if, 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 That it if, comes if, from, from oh. the league, basically, Rodney, his his hot wife gets her hot body back after having their first baby, so he has to impregnate her again, yeah. so that he has an anchor baby, so that she's not looking elsewhere. Yeah, I, 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 and that, that when she comes back from having the second kid, she'll be a little bit older and won't be able to get quite as hot again. Therefore, she'll still be way too hot for him, but not hot enough to. And she'll have two kids with him. She'll be yeah. lying. Anchor baby. Anchor baby. Anchor baby. <laughs> so now we've traumatised Ian I think we'll be done with <laughs> Thank you baby Right okay well Let's uh, Bloody hell um, Alright well let, Let's move Let's move to another film well, Thing that made me an emotional wreck A child Is coming Is your grandchild I don't understand you. It's your grandchild. What difference does it make how he gets here? The child ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't none of us got nothing to do with that. That child. That child. That child. Get your shit. Take your shit with you. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk is directed by Barry Jenkins and stars Stefan James. Oh, God. Uh, I can't remember her name because I don't have IMDB up and I feel so bad because she's so... Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane, yeah. Pulled it out of the bag. I'm ever so sorry because she's fucking brilliant. Um, Regina Hall, uh, Michael Beach, or is it Regina King? Regina King. I fucking did it again. Uh, and others. Um, oh, I, I'm really annoyed with myself for a variety of reasons on today's show. I'm letting the slide down here. So, um, if it, 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 it's it's a strange cast. I will give this film some bits. There are some there are some weird castings in this. When you've got Pedro Pascal, Diego Luna, Dave Franco, and Ed Scaren in in really kind of minor roles. Do you know what really struck me last night? The villain out of Deadpool could be an Oscar-winning movie. How fucking weird is that? Yeah. What, Alita Battle Angel for best visual effects next year? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm just looking forward to like a ten-minute fucking featurette for your consideration thing where James Cameron's talking about the eye technology. Yeah. Like, it's just... uh. Anyway, um, so... 
uh, adapted from the the first um, English language film adaptation of a novel by James Baldwin. Um, he, um, he 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 was the kind of inspiration for I Am Not Your Negro a couple of years back, which I think was in my top ten. Actually, it was. It was yeah, yeah. Ten, I believe. I believe it was my number ten as well. Good memory, fucking hell. Um, so yeah, uh, it concerns. Uh, a young couple who have been friends since childhood. Uh, they fall in love. She gets pregnant, and then he gets jailed, uh, jailed and put up for trial for a crime, crime that he didn't commit. And uh, one half of the couple's family um, and the father from the other half try very hard to get him out of jail. Uh, while it also recounts their kind of relationship and uh, kind of love building up between themselves. So, as I said at the start of the show, I watched this a few weeks back, and I've I've kind of already said my piece on it, so I think I'll leave it to Mark and Bex for the most part on this, unless they hate it, in which case I'm going to be fucking all over them. So, Becky, what did you think? No pressure. It's a weird one. I, I I really enjoyed it. It's a very good film. I feel like they try and take the story in too many directions that they don't pay off on. This film is about everything, just to say, in human existence. So, you know. Yeah. Maybe they don't pull everything off. Sorry, I said I was going to be quiet. No, 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 because I'm, I'm, I, I did really enjoy it. It's, it's, it's very long and it's very slow, but it, it doesn't feel boring it's it's just it's luxuriating in its story and it's kind of just getting there in its own time which i'm fine with i i feel like there's a few bits where there's bits that feel like dead ends like oh we really want a loft and no one will give us a loft and then oh we go see dave franco and we get a loft and then but nothing ever happens with that and it's just like well okay so you could have probably left that bit out um, well, I, I think it's showing the pretty much the happiest moment in their yeah. relationship. You know, it's not important. <laughs> You're very combative on this one, aren't you, Ian? I am. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. I just I feel like it, it, it tries to go in a lot of directions that could bear fruit and then it kind of goes oh no but we haven't got time for that because we've got to tell this central story of their their love story which is which is great and and if that's the main focus then then fine but i feel like the fact that it tries to pull it off in so many other directions it makes it makes all of them it makes all of the different stories a bit shallower than they could be and when the central love story is the deepest of those and it's it's got loads of different little rivers going off from this main story. It makes that central story shallower. It doesn't give you enough time to really invest in their relationship. As invested as I was, it could have been it could have been deeper. You want to spend more time with them or less with them, time yeah. with the bits around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have invested a bit more time in in making people really buy into their relationship. Than, than they did and obviously there's the whole there's the whole crime stuff in the background but it never really delves into that you never really find out obviously the assumption is that he's innocent but he's never proven innocent and he's doing time and he never gets which, out which is part of the whole thing of, of, of 
the story is that. I don't think it's meant to be left ambiguous because they're basically saying there is yeah. literally no physical way. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, absolutely. He could have yeah. got there it, 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 to where he was with them, and and I think the part that that leads partially into the tragedy of it is that that we know and he and that everybody knows that he's innocent. It's just he knows he can't prove it. Not that he can't prove it. He's not even given chance yeah. to prove it. Yeah, he can't get the chance to prove it because it, it's the, the judiciary system is stacked against them. What well, I mean. I mean, this is the thing, and you get the um, the, the the subplot with um, Regina King going to Puerto Rico. Have I done it again? No, no, that's no, right. no, we're right. That's right. Oh fuck me! Like, okay, thank you. Um, going to Puerto Rico and you know meeting Pedro Pascal and all that stuff, and it's all you know. You kind of think maybe it's going to go in a direction where they are going to be able to prove it. But there's, there's the kind of, I, I feel like the melancholy tone of like the rest of the film has kind of proven that it's not going to go that way, but what is going to happen? Um, you know, I think the, if, if you didn't have that speech for that, the kind of almost monologue from Brian Tyree Henry, um, earlier on, I think maybe you would think there, there was going to be more hope, um, yeah. But I think I think that kind of takes it away. But then the fact that it the the, the film never once says it didn't happen to her, but it's just it was somebody else. I I, I think that's so. Just that scene is so powerful that it's a woman trying to prove that someone she loves didn't. Or someone her daughter loves didn't commit that act, but at the same time also acknowledging the fact that this other woman is in a lot of pain, and then how she just is too human and fucks that up. Um, I, I like that's a remarkable bit of acting, and I, I, you know, frankly, if she wins the Oscar on Sunday, it will be for that scene. Um. But then, I, I don't know, like, you've got that, but then you've got scenes that are just really funny as well. Like, that fucking scene where they all chew out his mum and his sisters. Yeah. It, it just... It, 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 it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I could have spent an awful lot more time with her sister. Her sister seemed like she had some uh, some shit to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah she had ovaries of steel. She did. She did. Uh, yeah. Mark. What? Thoughts. It's a very good film. It's a very good film. Um, it's one that I think I, I, need, I need to rewatch again at some point. Um, because I really enjoyed parts, but also parts that kind of I don't know, left me a little... They left me a little cold. I don't know why they left me cold. The dialogue's clunky as fuck at points. Yeah, the dialogue is clunky as hell at points. Um, well, I think, like I said to you last night, I think those bits that are really clunky are probably taken directly from the book. Right, but a book is a film. No, it so, is. Um, so, you've, you've got to show... Yeah, there was bits of the dialogue that just... But the, but the weird thing is, some of it zips so fantastically. Like the scene that you've just mentioned here and there. Yeah. It is, it's so vibrant there and so together there. 
that when there's some of the the more pensive bits, it 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 felt a little bit it felt a little bit too much like right you're trying to be poetic now and what you're doing is you're losing me. It got momentum, and then it goes. You know, and, 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 and most other people will probably have, have got more into that, but it, it started to lose me personally. Um, obviously, I'm giving my opinion of what I saw. So it, 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 there's that thing there. I think the actions are fantastic in it from everybody, with the exception, like we, like I was saying to you last night, of of Dave Franco, who I do, I, I did explain to you last night, Nebek, that. He did seem a little bit skeezy in it. I think I described it as he seemed like he would keep a second key for the apartment, let himself in, and then just watch them sleep. No, oh, I, I think that's I, 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 don't, I don't think he was doing that. I still maintain he, was, he, he wasn't doing that. He was doing that for, for James, James Franco, Franco <laughs> because James Franco <laughs> said, said to him, no, you're, the less creepy one. You you're, the, you're, you're my foil, Dave. You're the one creep one. If I go in there, they're just going to look at me and think, this guy's going to watch us sleep. Whereas oh, if you go in there, Dave, if you go in there, Dave, they're going to get in there and then I can just sneak in, watch him, sn- watch him sleep, and I can just be dropping jizz bombs all over this place. But, but I mean, I, I really liked... The, uh, I, obviously, I'm more in the tank for this, but that's disgusting and funny, by the way. But... Um, <laughs> Oh, you are wrong. <laughs> Sorry, and go on. No, no, man, I'm gonna write that out. That was lovely. That was fun. Like, um, so, I mean, I, I, I really like the arc of Dave Franco's character, even though he's only on for five minutes. Because, you know, he at first it kind of just seems like he wants to sell this space, and then it's like he, he, um, Stefan James kind of ropes him into. Jesus Christ. I to leave the room. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to give it a minute? No, no, she's left the room. <laughs> okay, all right, fucking hell. Um, so, yeah, and then it's like, it, it, Stefan James is kind of roping him into helping with the, uh, like, it, it, like the, the, the pretending about the furniture and whatnot. And it's like, Okay, that's kind of goofy and sweet, and then it kind of yeah. cuts to outside, and they're having that conversation. It's like, look, I just see two people who are really happy with each other, and I want to help them out, you know. So it goes from he's this guy just trying to sell this place to actually no, he is legitimately trying to help them out, and he's just being nice, and that like I think the 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 almost like random acts of kindness kind of aspect of that and then the joy that they they have following that is just is lovely and i i you know if i'm being honest i think it's very important that with barry jenkins here if the only white character of note was ed scrine you know, then it, it's almost like it, the, the film would almost be opening itself up to like, oh, well, this film hates white people or whatever, you know. And it, it's, I like that it, Barry Jenkins obviously fucking doesn't. And I like that Dave Franco, it, it, his part in it shows that there are people in this in this world 
who get on with black people and they're, they're, you know, there is a hope for the fucking future. They do you know? make it very clear, though, that Franco's character is a, let's say, minority within that society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a fair comment. And, I, I, yeah. Um, but I... I Your average white guy on the street is the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, which which is which is a fair point within the movie, within the world of the movie. It is. A Do fair you know point. what? I hadn't. I actually hadn't thought about it that way. And yeah, because, or, because but, yeah, because the other the other other white character that they encounter uh, within the movie is Diego Luna, who and you keep thinking he's going to be in it more, and then he's not. Actually, yeah. Actually, looking at it like that, you've got Diego Luna, who's supposed to be Mexican. Mexican. You've got Franco, who is Jewish, and then you've got the other white character in it. Pedro Pascal. I don't know who that is. Which one are you meaning? Uh, the lady that runs the shop that sticks up for them. Yeah. She's clearly, like, is she Polish or something? Polish, yeah. yeah. So all the white characters that are nice are minorities, and then the white character that's a dick is, like, clearly supposed to be some... Probably because it's America and I think they're all Irish. Yeah. Irish American cop. Um and he's a real dick. Like you you watch him thinking, yeah, but he, right, so how he's almost you... comic book levels of, of of prick. Yeah. But I was watching it thinking, so how right, so if he's so far away from where this crime scene is, how did they even get to him? But clearly like you're supposed to fill in the blanks yourself and go all right okay so he's encountered him here he's told him which street he lives on so he just goes after him mm. so See, yeah. the more i talk about it though, though about this film the more i'm the more the more i'm warming to it oh it's a lovely film and it's really like I, I feel, I feel it's like, a lovely not lovely film it's a lovely film that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable about the fact that they've, they've been these characters have been put in this situation and you're having to raise this kid on our own because of this shit. Yeah. But there's hope. That that that's the thing. It's like it it, it it's interesting because uh, Jenkins added that last scene. That last scene wasn't in the book. And um, the, the one in the in the prison. Yeah. Uh, with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, which is a fucking ballsy thing to do. You know, to invent a new, essentially a new ending. Yeah. Um, but you know, apparently the 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 Baldwin people are are, are happy with that. Well, I mean, obviously they are because otherwise, you know. Um, but it, it's I I just I I think he's a fil- filmmaker who just he knows he knows people. Um, he knows how people tick. And he knows that things can be horrible in the world, but he also knows that things can be lovely and yeah. that life is worth living. Um, it's more of a biting film than I expected it to be. Yeah, I yeah, I said to you when we were watching it, didn't I? My God, this is going to be so earnest. Yeah, you did. I expect it to be. I expect it to be very good and very. Um, which and but I, I was worried thinking if this is just poetic you know machinations of them looking at each other and is it, it it's gonna it, it's not gonna get me and then they start dropping sea bottles and then and then you get that scene where with the the family and I thought right all right this is great 
this is I, I'm, I'm very much with this and I think that the, the more I talk about it the more my minor issues with it and they were very minor issues with it are starting to kind of seep away and I'm getting more in getting more into it I think I feel like if it had kept the level of quality that it has in that scene throughout it would a five star yeah, it would. It doesn't. No, it doesn't for me. That, that I, I agree with that. Absolutely, the strongest scene. Yeah, well, without question. For me, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I think it's, it's one of several strong scenes for me. Like that. I mean, that again, that Brian Tyree Henry section. Like that, that, that dude's like I fucking like that. I, I, I don't watch Atlanta, um, but he was really good in Widows. And I liked him as the dad in Spider Man, and you know it, it's I, he is an actor I would like to watch in fucking anything he wants to be in. He's, at this point, he, he's quite fun in uh, Hotel Atmos as well. Oh, that, oh, fuck me! You see, there you go. I need to watch that. And just I look, the way uh, whenever it arrives on Prime, I think it'll arrive on Prime very soon if it's not already there is uh, very much a good Tuesday night movie. <laughs> cool. Nice. I, 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 it just, the way that his character goes from, like, really, really happy to see Stefan James. And, and, you know, and I, I actually kind of thought that he, his character was going to be introduced and it was almost going to be, like, he's the person who somehow gets Stefan James's character involved in it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought that of Diego Luna at first. And then I thought of of, of him, and, the, and I was there going, right, so who is it that gets him in shit? Well, this is what I mean, though, by unwoven threads in the movie. There's just people introduced for no reason. But I, I think what it's doing is it's saying that it's basically just showing the interactions. There's just people in your life, they're not going to have a good influence, they're not going to have a bad influence. No, they, I, I think it's showing that, that it, it's... It's rather than it being the connective tissue gets them to where it is, it's just showing you how they got to where they did. Not everybody has a great input on it. He used to happen to be the guy that he was with. That's not how this works. What is it? No, but it's how this movie works. I I, I would maybe say that that is something that maybe works more in a novel because if you had that section in a novel and it was more for like just for matter, purposes, yeah. yeah. By the end of it, you're not thinking. Well, that section in the middle of the book didn't really go anywhere because you think it, like because it feels more in with the tone, and that's the thing. I think that that's almost like you could maybe consider it a short film within this film, but it very much is a kind of a trans transition between the, the the happier moments and the kind of the darker aspects that it does take. You know, I mean, just the the way that he say, like, he kind of freezes up when he's talking about how it was in jail, and then Tish comes in, and then it just suddenly it kind of kicks back in again, and he's laughing and joking. Um, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck happened to him that he's not really wanting to talk about? And that kind of set my mind racing, and I found that really disturbing. That like, it's almost like he just then. He's having this real honest moment with this guy who, like Stefan J, uh, um, Fonny says in in like like he kind of knew him, but it, it was just nice to see a familiar face more than anything else. And this guy's opening up to him because he probably doesn't have anybody else to talk to, and he's just going. That's it. it, 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 it. 
it's the first it's person that he's been able to, to to speak to. I think. Yeah, yeah uh, but then as soon as Tish comes in, he kind of feels like he has to revert back to, "Hey, what's going on? You know, oh, you got that food, and yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'll have a beer. Thank you, Tish. You know, like it, it, it's it, that that kind of like the, the 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 fragility of him, but then having to kind of live up to what people think he is. I it just. Like I say, I mean, like, I genuinely, and I mean, like, it sounds like hyperbole, but this film is kind of about everything for me. It's about being happy. It's about being sad. It's about being angry. It's about being contemplative. It's about being upset. It's about being fucking hungry. Like, I was fucking hungry watching bits of this film. And, you know, it, it, it manages to do that all in two hours, where... For me, because I connected with it so much, the maybe some of the narrative lanes that it goes down but doesn't really pick up a, a, again, it wasn't as much of a bother for me because I thought it all just added to the tonal mix of it. But this is what, I mean, a very different project, obviously, but this is what I was getting at the other day when we were talking about the Pet Cemetery project. Um I think you can sometimes too slavishly try to stick to a book, and I think this both benefits and um hinders hinders yeah this this particular film i think the 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 clunky dialogue is a result of trying to stick too closely to the material in the book and i think that like you say that that scene uh there with him probably works great in the book but not necessarily so well on film if you're adapting a book you have to adapt it and it has to be made into the best format it can be or the format it's going to be in. Mm. But I think, again, it benefits from it because it comes across as really stylized, but it makes it it makes it makes a bit inaccessible unless you're willing to go on that, on that particular... I, 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 think there's, I think there's an element where I think it, it did grab, I think, me and you, Bex. Yeah. But I don't think it grabs anywhere near as much as it grabs it, 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 certainly, which is... Fair enough. So you've got a much more romantic soul than either of us. Yes, I think that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I, I found it heartbreaking, and yeah, I mean, I, I that's that that I I think that's it. Though I mean, I do think it's different strokes with different folks, and this film hasn't been like universally loved or anything like that. And I wasn't expecting to get out of it what I did. Um, it's better than it's better than two or three of the nominated. Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. Best pictures. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I mean, the the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody got a nomination over this, I actually, I think, is objectively incorrect. Yeah, it, like, it, it, it's it's largely it's offensive. The Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, got nominated. Yeah. It, it, it's actually yeah. it, it's not just better than that. It, it, it's better than than a few. Of them. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. It's just like I could see how other people might might be into the other films as much as I am with Beale Street, with Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I don't know unless you are a Wayne's World or Queen really hardcore fan. I don't know how you argue. I, even in that case, I don't know how you argue that Bohemian Rhapsody is a better film than if Beale Street could talk. 
I mean, like, I, it, it, it's. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I know why it was nominated for Best Picture, but I don't know how you could argue that Black Panther is. But I, I understand why Black Panther is there. And if it, if it, if it was Black Panther or if Bill Street could talk, I'd say, look, cool. What either one of them, they're fine. But I don't know why someone would say that Black Panther is a better Best Picture than if Bill Street could talk. Um, I, I mean, I don't get it with the Black Panther nomination. It's I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about this when we did our Oscars sum up. Nobody got a chance yeah. to talk about anything except for Brad. Best, well, so don't, don't yeah. worry. Um, but I, I understand the relevance of it. I understand the importance of it as a as a cinematic release, etc. The impact on all that kind of stuff. I get that. But if you're taking the films at film value. It wasn't even the best Marvel film of last year, never mind one of the best pictures of the year. The impact should be incidental. It is the best picture. It isn't the best picture that had an influence on society. Go on. I agree with you. However, however, I do think every so often there is a film that has to, that, that does transcend that what is it and, and does have a trump that when it yeah. is such a it, it was it was such a, a an impactful and such a thing for a whole race of, of young and, and that's what i mean young uh african-american kids who would never who had seen a black superhero but they were always stood behind and helping out the white superhero. This was not just a film about one. It was a film about two or three, and the bad guys were also represented as them. And then the heroines and everything. It was it, it did transcend that feeling, which I absolutely agree with. And it's the reason why, I know it feels like we're just fucking talking about Wave of Rhapsody too much this, so I promise this will be the last thing I mentioned about it. Um, but there, you can't say, oh, but, you know, I really enjoyed getting into it with, with the Queen song. It's like, okay, the film's still fucking shit, right? Which we, you can do with that. But I do think that Black Panther, if it wins it, it's maybe a step too far because it's not that good a movie. But I do think that occasionally you have to succeed to that kind of thing and go, do you know what? There are points. And you can disagree with that, and that is perfectly fine, and neither is right or wrong about them, right? Um, but I do think that with Black Panther, there is that level of, of, of that, where you look at a kid who is running around shouting, I'm Black Panther, rather than I'm, I'm, I'm Captain America or, or yeah. Iron Man, and has that option. It's, right, it means more to that fucking kid, and that's who it's fucking made for. There's too many times that we get wrapped up in superhero movies thinking that they're made for 27 to 45-year-old fucking men. They're not. They're still made for fucking kids. And I completely agree with your point there, and I, I fully agree about the impact that it had. I just wish it had, it had alongside that, been a good movie. I beg the story. And it isn't. It's not a good story. What, and I, it's not it? a very well-made movie. The, the action scenes aren't great, and... I just, I just, I think it's, I think it's lacking. I just, I, th- I think there's better, there's a better representative film out there that they could have made. I mean, I mean, I mean to be, I, I don't know. I mean, like Black Landsman is a better film than Black Panther. Yeah. Um, 
All right. That's... God, yeah, you weren't... Yeah, you weren't on full-time when we did Black Panther, were you, Bex? That, no, I wasn't. No, yeah, all right, fair enough. And I didn't I, see it when it first came out, either. I just, like... Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I it just... I'm From, from the, the sheer cultural force... It, I, I I know why it's there, and I think it's it's brilliant that it's there, and that like like Mark said, people are going to be saying like Wakanda forever instead of well, Captain America doesn't have a catchphrase, I suppose, but you know it, it, it you know it, it what? <laughs> but I, I I think maybe we're drifting away from if Beale Street could talk, so maybe we should we are, move on. Yeah. Um, what, what I will say is, is, is I just mentally quickly did uh, films that I think is better than uh, uh, the best pictures, uh, and uh, actually it, it's better than like four or five of them in my eyes. Consman's the only clear winner for me in the in the best picture. Um, Agreed. Well, only... yeah. well I, if Bill, yeah, yeah, no, if Bill Street didn't get nominated, I, I was just in a quantum leap world there for a second, guys. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, Black Clansman is is the clear best picture winner. Thank it's you. It's the Becky. only best picture Oscar worthy movie in in that category. Well, you're fucking wrong. But a Star is Born isn't a best picture Oscar winning worthy oh, movie. It, it, a Star is Born is, is, is it's baffling that it's not going to win it. It is the most best picture kind of picture. I've got to say, it's fucking mental that A Star is Born has burnt out as much as it has over the Oscar season. It's weird that that film is probably going to win one Oscar. Yeah, it is. It, if, what I will say, if that film was released in January or in December, it would be clear enough. If that thing, you, yeah, I mean, even you've yeah. got to admit, even you've got to admit that Black Clansman is a better movie than A Star Is Born. No, I will not admit that. You are incorrect. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I'm fine with you, with you two thinking that, and I will not argue that that with you. But you, what is it? I think Black Clansman <laughs> is an incredible movie. Um, but no, I, 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 it, it's not. It's not like I'm saying Green Book's better, which Green Book is a perfectly fine movie. But no, I, 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 I categorically do not agree with that at all in any shape or form. But what I will say is... It did, yeah, it did. Uh, what I'll say there is if Bill Street could talk, for me, is better than Roma, it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody, it's better than The Favourite, it's better than Green Book, uh, and it's better than Vice. Yeah. Oh, thank fuck you said Vice, because I was so, just going to have to shout what, it. What, what I'll say there is, is I don't think it's better than Black Hunter. I don't think it's better than The Star is Born. And is there another one I'm missing? I'm actually forgetting. What, the favourite? I know I already said the favourite. I think it's better than the favourite. Okay. He said a lot better than the favourite. Yeah, the more I talk about it, I've just changed my letterbox from four, from three and a half to four. And now I'm thinking about it, but going to take it to four and a half. When I was talking about it, I thought, do you know what? I was being snippy and letting my snippiness get overtake me. And Ian's right. I, I, was, being, I was being too snippy with it. Embrace the Loring. It's a very enjoyable, not enjoyable. Enjoyable is the wrong word because it's there's, there's problematic elements to it. But it is enjoyable. But I do think it's enjoyable. Yeah, right? there's enjoyable moments for sure. It's it's you you you're not essentially you're not there for plot development. You're not there for plot progression. You're just there to kind of be there on this little bit of the, their journey. Ian's convinced me to add an entire whole star to my review of Star Is Born on the other side. I don't know if Bill Street could talk on that box. 
That's not four and a half for me. Fucking A. <laughs> and, I, and do you know what? I feel loads better with that. And I actually, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to rewatching it now. Can I ask one question? No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come on, bud. <laughs> you know his nickname is Fonny. Yeah. Yeah. And his name is Alonzo. Yeah. Where the fuck does Fonny come from? No, it, it says it, um, his name is something. Um, his name's Alonzo. I can't remember what it is. But he's got a middle name. It comes with middle name. Because uh, I thought Anderson misheard his, his, his like, actual name. And it should have been, like, Alfonso. And that's where Fonny came from. Yeah. But it's not. It's, it's Alonzo, yeah. Okay. Um, also, I just want to say the score, I pray, wins best original score. That score fucking is lovely and I've listened to it a lot. I haven't been as taken with a score since the score for Carol. (laughs) Fucking Carol. You're not allowed to mention that on the podcast, Ian. Oh, I'll be mentioning it when it comes to best of decade time. Really? Really? Might well. well. Have you rewatched it? Oh, yeah. We watched it a couple months back. Okay. I've got a toilet at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like... I don't think I'll ever forget having that fucking argument with you about <laughs> it and literally going, I just need to go to sleep now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like I should rewatch it because Ian likes it so much, but I just... Oh, God, no. I, I've got a feeling I'm going to say don't because I think you'll probably side with Mark. And I, just, I don't need that. It, it, actually, a slight tangent. Jordan WhatsApped us the other day about um, doing some sort of best of the decade, like, overall film bastards, like, voting poll thing. So, like, in, in 2009 for Cinerama, I had a bunch of people on to, like, do basically the best film of the decade. And it was the day after we'd come, like, we'd flown back from a two-week flor- holiday in Florida. And I got the flu. And it was me jet-lagged and with flu. And I don't rem- remember a single fucking thing about that entire recording, apart from the fact that, like, the right one in one. I remember that, yeah. Like, and and I, I, I think maybe we should do something like that. Even though I, I'm kind of stealing an, an idea from Film Junk here as well, but I was kind of thinking as we go through the year, maybe we could do top like top 10 of the year lists that are like obviously now, because I think comparing them to w- what they were then, at least like Mark and I for the most part, could be quite interesting because I'll be honest, like we started recording in 2012. I've got no idea what I said my favourite film of 2012 was. I know what it was. What? The Grey. Hey, was that 2012? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure it was. It was our first year doing what is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Because that probably would have been a, yeah. But I, I think it'd be interesting to kind of like through the year, just look back on the decade like that and then just do a fucking... Let's... You know what I think we should do for our best of the decade show, though? Mm. Do it in person. There you go. Get like, together. Oh, yeah. Literally get us three 
yeah. Noel, Jordan, whoever else, just fucking in a room. Yeah. We'd have to be very careful with the drinking, mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Like, literally, we would have to have it so that we have... The time of it. Yeah, like, like, but, like, literally have it down to a subset before we actually start recording. Yeah. Because I think we could we could debate these, like, this is gaming podcast I, I used to listen to, uh, Giant Bomb. Like, every year they, they get together and they record their, like, end-of-year, like, discussion stuff, like, just verbatim. And I think last year it was literally six hours long. <laughs> and it, 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 you know, it's that's the thing. It's like if we could get it down to a almost because it, it would be like a collective list. Yeah. So getting down a list of films that is kind of agreed by everyone that those films were the best, um, the, the best of the decade, and then ordering those. Yeah. Remember, guys, we are the people who had a twenty-hour conversation about Prometheus. Uh, no, I mean that that. God, I wish we recorded that. Yeah, I, I think we worked out didn't we once that we reckon we have spoken for a, a, over an entire twenty-four hours on Prometheus. Yeah, I mean, like literally, the, the the day we saw Prometheus in itself, like did did we record anything that we, weekend? I think we got it a little bit, but not a lot. Because, I, I don't know, like, literally, there was that one point where we were in the pub, and I think Becky and Donna and Claire <laughs> were outside, like, just drinking, and came... One, uh, one of Yeah, yeah, like, came back in. It was like, oh, you're still fucking talking about that then? Just walked off and went back outside. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, didn't we get Jordan on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that fucking film. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, uh, what... that's going to be up there in film of the decade, isn't it? It's a great film. Fuck off. <laughs> like literally, it's it's a running joke at my work that people will just say to me at the end of the conversation, "Prometheus was good." <laughs> and I, I, and like I like people do it to me. That I don't think they even know the context. I think they've just been told to do it. Nice. Um, the running joke at my work is people, uh, whenever I'm talking about going out, going, do you want some really good beer? And I'll go, what? And they'll go, Taddy Lager. To give you an idea of Taddy Lager, Taddy Lager is the shittest beer in the world. Excellent. It is. Worse than, like, what's it? I don't know. Well, what's it? That they serve the six battle. That's it. That's what they serve the six oh, battle. Okay. It's shite. Right. It's literally possibly the worst thing happened. Worse than swell. Nice. I prefer to drink piss direct from a bald cock. Wow, that was descriptive. Right, um, while I mute the mic to go for a wee, Mark, do you want to run through what the poll results came I will see run through what the poll said. Uh, so, uh, if Bill Street could talk, um, definitely not shit, 67%. Right. Uh, touching cloth, 33%. So shit and your star with zero percent on that. So it's a very well. I'm 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 mildly surprised at that. To be honest, I thought there'd be a bit more. I thought it'd been swung more to so definitely not shit than it was to the um, the, the cloth touching. Well, I 
think there's, there, there is points in it that are a bit like, mm. like, like bits of the dialogue, the monologue, the narration, stuff like that. It's, uh, okay, I can kind of understand. Tricks. So that, that review went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Good work, everyone. <laughs> right, so let's do Happy Death Day to you. Hell. Right. Dude, I am tripping right now. Yeah. No, 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 seriously. I'm having that thing. You know what? What's it called? When you feel like you've already lived through something before. Deja vu? Yes, that. I feel like I've totally lived through this day already. Wait, what? Okay. Just breathe. Just breathe. Listen to me. The day reset when you died, right? Yeah, some psycho dude in a baby mess attacked me. But it was just a dream, right? Toons is dead. So is Lori. And who's the killer this time? Uh, hello? Will someone please explain what the hell is going on? And you're going to be stuck reliving this day until we figure out how to stop it. Uh, directed and written this time by Christopher Landon, starring Jessica Roth, Israel Bruchard, um, the the kid from Life of Pi, um, which was interesting to see him in something, from Life of Pi to Happy Death Day to you, um, and uh, others. So, uh, Happy Death Day 2 is the sequel to uh, Happy Death Day. Uh, surprise hit. <coughs> surprise hit for Blumhouse. It sees Jessica Roth return as Tree, a woman who finds herself in a Groundhog Day-esque loop of reliving the day of her murder again and again and again. But this time, there's a bit of a sci-fi component to it. Uh, Becky, what did you think of Happy Death Day to you? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's I think it was maybe a bad idea to watch the first one so close to going to see the second one because it it, it isn't as good as the first one. Um, but it is great. And the montage where she keeps fucking killing herself is awesome, just genuinely awesome. I think the fact that... I think one of the strengths of the first one is the fact that it doesn't try to explain the why behind what's going on. It just lets you kind of watch it play out I, I think this one gets a little bit too bogged down in in the whys and the how to solve it but then ultimately obviously that is the crux of the story um, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm being negative because I had a really really fucking good time with it it's a really good fun film but it's just not as good as the first one Mark um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit the same in, in the sense that, but, but then again, I didn't expect it to be as good as the first one. I expected it to be what is it? I like the fact that it goes, it goes on such a different tangent. Uh, I like the fact that this one's a more, more kind of sci-fi uh, elements of it, and it, it opens up a a whole different world uh, to it. Uh, but also, as when it does seem to accept the fact that, right. Can't just do the same thing. We're going to do this. We can't do the same yeah. thing again. We've got to open it up. We've got to do this little bit different thing. But what we have to do is make sure that um, Jessica Roth is still the 
the, the star of the show because it, she is the, the charismatic presence that, that brings it all kind of together. Um, and I like the fact that her, her art continues through this. So she's not, she's not finished. Her arc is, hasn't finished there. It, 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 she continues to yeah, she's not fully cooked and it's about the people around her. Yeah, she's, she's, still she's, she's still moving on with that, but yeah. she's still, she's not completely changed. She's still got her own identity, which I think is really quite cool within that. Um, I kind of wish she's going to sling her in a parallel universe that, that it explored that a bit more. I, I, there, was, there was a joke that I fucking loved in this movie that I think only I kind of laughed at. Um, I used to get out to see his chains on his clothes then because they're just fucking disgusting. Yeah. Because yeah. he's literally wearing them for ages to herself. And then the fact that you get all these different outfits uh, with her it, it, is really quite cute. Um, what the nice. hell are you looking for down there? <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. great. And um, possibly the best moment of, of both movies is when she's completely lost her shit because she's back in the day. And the guy comes out and she just screams at him. You you are gay! (laughs) (laughs) Which I was I was think I was hoping as they were doing it, I was oh you because you're going, I really hope they've got the balls to have her just scream you're gay at him. I really hope that they've got the balls and they're not gonna go, can we do this? No. She's gonna stop and go, look, and just explain to him that he's gay. The fact that she just screams at him is brilliant. I mean, the line, the line reading. Both movies, she is absolutely fucking great. And and like I say, when she's doing her suicide montage, that that bit where she fucking jumps out of the plane just in a bikini, and then you see her crashing to the ground that was added in front of them two kissing is awesome. Yeah, that was added afterwards. Yeah, that was yeah. They 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 felt they needed a, another outlandish one. And that's what they went for. It's brilliant, Even though just her, her slow mo sinking to the ground, just grinning and swearing. It meant. I, I was um, I was watching an interview with her on the uh, the Hollywood Reporter YouTube channel, and she was just talking about how much she fucking loved doing that. Yeah. It's like good for you, like good for you, like like specifically the swimsuit bit, and yeah. just like her just being free and just being fuck it. Even though uh, my favourite moment of that montage was just the shot of her like gleefully running towards that wood chipper in like the <laughs> full on fucking exercise outfit, and just the way she then just jumps into it. Oh. She winks at the guy in the supermarket and then drinks the drain declogger. Yeah, <laughs> it's she's yeah, um, she, she, she's a wonderful screen presence. She is, yeah, she's great. Um, and the thing is, it's ah, like you say, because I, I didn't enjoy it as much the first. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it. And yeah. I think I think I, I said to you we should have watched Happy Death Day. I know, but any excuse to watch Happy Death Day, I'm going to take it. What yeah. did you think, Liam? Um, I'm pretty much set that on my gravestone, I'm going to have right at the bottom in relatively small type. Happy Death Day to you is one of the greatest sequels of all time. Very good. Good. I'm I'm pretty much there. I fucking adore this film. I I I, I think the first film is fantastic as well. I just I think the sheer like balls to just go in a completely different genre 
Mm. Um, you know, because I mean, the film basically stops, stops even trying to be scary about twenty minutes in, and then oh, after yeah. that, you know, it's like you get that like the sequence which leads up to the reveal of the like the killer being that guy. And then basically that's it. It stops. And what I love about both of these films is the fact that they're the rare horror film that actually have positive messages. Um, the, the first one is about literally live it, trying every day to live your best life. Um, and this one is, a, is essentially about not living in the past. Yeah. And that, just that moment that she's having that conversation with uh, with the guy, and saying like I I lived all these lives and you know I lived these days and I fell in love with you, and then to see you with her, you know, just like the I think Jessica Roth, she's a really good actress. She's yeah. a really fucking good actress, and she can do the bitch. She can do the the just the nice girl, and she can do the the. the feeling and you know and, I, and, I, and she can she can land the jokes yeah yeah absolutely and i i felt that and it just these these films are just weirdly lovely films about living life and trying to be the best person you can be and moving forward and you know things are shitty in the past but they are they make you what they are um i that i, I think where she's essentially saying goodbye to her mum as well is kind of kind of heartbreaking yeah yeah, yeah no no i mean it is it, it really is and uh, that's it i mean like these these films just they they do this stuff that other horror films just don't it's not about gleefully seeing who's going to be picked off it's about i mean the first one is about watching this fucking bitch learn that she's a bitch and in and, and improve herself and 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 this one you know it, it's again it replays moments from the first one and i i love how they just bring everybody back from the first one and I love the, how they have like repeated shots as well. Like, mm. which one is it that, that it absolutely repeats almost beat for beat up to a point? Is it when she's in the hospital? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's the uh, the the hunky doctor guy, and it literally yeah. does seem like it's the middle of the first one again. Yeah, yeah, I like that that they didn't like so much is different, but so much stays the same. It was kind of I liked that. But that that that's the thing. I mean, and also just the fact that you know the the killer from the first one isn't really dealt with with all much suspicion in this one because you know it is a different reality. And this time she plays a different character and she is sympathetic. And when she dies, that you know it, it you know again it is quite upsetting. Um, and I I I like the way that it completely changes your perception there. Um, mm. And I, I mean, I, I think that the reveal of the killer towards the end, it, 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 you know, it has to be done. Um, but, but it and, feels incidental, doesn't it? It does, but I, I, I think that's on purpose. I think it is basically yeah. right. Here's this fucking whatever. By that point, you're not. That's not the thing that you're concerned about yeah. in the slightest. It's how is she going to get herself out of this loop? Who is she going to pick, Carter or her mum? 
Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I don't think you necessarily expect expect that going into this film. Um, I I mean, I will say, apparently, there's, there's talk of a trilogy, and it's a bit like, let, maybe let's just stop a good thing while it's going now. I want to see the third film. I think the third film will be about Danielle, though, and I don't know if I need to see that. I think the third one will be about them uh, with uh, Dipra. Dapra. Oh, Dapra. Yeah, I think yeah. it will be about that rather than Danielle. I think Danielle uh, is a little bit, oh, it could be about them torturing Danielle. Which I'm fine with. What, I, I don't know. Like that nice Danielle as much as you like bitch. Danielle. I didn't like nice Danielle. Nah, she hurts me. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I kind of got the sense maybe the third one would be about weaponizing the loop. You know, because obviously in this one it's like, well, who can we test it on? Oh, okay, it's going to be her. But this time it's maybe going to be actually like using it and maybe getting drunk on power or something like that. It, it, I, I don't know. Uh, I just let's maybe just leave it there. But that is, unless they have a really good idea. Like, to be fair, having watched Happy Death Day, if they'd mentioned yeah. a sequel at that point, yeah, that's true, actually. you'd have been like, oh, I think it, I don't think it needs one, whereas yeah. it's actually a really good sequel. So if, if they come up with a good enough idea and they make the sequel on that basis rather than, shit, we've got to make a sequel, let's come up with one, it's different, isn't it? It depends what the motivation is. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. I mean, it's interesting. It's the rare Blumhouse film that hasn't done that well. Um, I mean, it was it was projected to do low to mid twenties in the US last weekend, and it, it made, I think, like ten million or something like that. Which, um, yeah, it, um, just Bloom's commenting on it, hasn't he? Oh, has he? What did he say? Yeah, it, um, he's um, said. That uh, Happy Death Day to You is a film that, uh, that everyone at Blue Boys is really proud of, and it's one that he personally really, really likes. And said, "Yeah, it, it has um, it has performed lower than we expected in the US, but it's actually performed uh, really strong overseas." So, from a business level, he said, "It's still what he said. I'm still counting it as as a success." Yeah, I mean, it, it, it the production budget was nine million. Um, it's so, made, yeah, so there you go it's in the black um, it uh, just he it, it, it said you know the thing is he got up on saying he said Happy Death Day didn't near call its money in its first weekend it made it you know, if you'd have taken Happy Death Day on its first weekend you'd have been saying the same thing it was word of mouth that got that movie yeah going well I mean I'd, I'd recommend the sequel to anyone that will listen to me so Oh, yeah, I mean, fuck you know. Happy Death Day made off of a budget of four point eight million. It made one hundred and twenty five million worldwide. Mm. Metal that. Fuck you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the series it's still uh, it's still doing okay. Only number fifteen uh, in Blumhouse Productions though. So. Oh, in the US, this is, yeah, okay, get out, number one. I suppose it's not much of a surprise. Yeah. Um, you know he's made a lot of films. <laughs> Gem and the Holograms at number 40. Oh, that's a shame. I forgot that was there, man. 
Whiplash number 34. <laughs> I love that um, Whiplash is in there. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely not shit on it. Is everyone yeah, else? Yeah, absolutely definitely not shit. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Audience vote. Definitely not shit, 67%. Touching costs, 17%. And shit, 17%. Aww. Mm. Aww. So, I'm just looking at the fucking... God, the Paranormal Activity films had a fucking bouncy spell. Well, they did, didn't they? They were, they were very up and down as they were releasing basically every Halloween. I mean, like, so Paranormal Activity... Gross in the US, $107 million. Paranormal Activity 2, uh, $84 million. Then Paranormal Activity 3 went back up to $104 million. Four, $53 million. Um, Then the marked ones, $32 million. And then the ghost dimension, $18 million. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, I think I've only seen the first one. You've only seen the first one? I think so, yeah. Those would be some films to do one day. Just, be- just because I swear to fucking God, every single one from three, the last ten minutes are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've seen all of those at the cinema. I uh, don't think I, I didn't see the marked ones in the cinema, but yeah, I, I think I watched the rest. God, Paranormal Activity was ten years ago. I saw that in Florida with um, I was by myself, like literally, like Florida with Donna and like all her family. We were in Universal Studios. I was like. Yeah, I'm going to go take myself off to go and see this fucking horror film for an hour and a half. So I went by myself and uh, it was me, like two other guys by ourselves, and then these three women who had the best fucking time watching it, like literally just like, don't go in there, don't go in there, don't go in there. She went there, don't go in there, don't go in there. You know, just fucking screaming at the film. And it was, oh, it was so good. <laughs> That's what you want people to have, that kind of, what is it, there? But then, like, when, when it came out, uh, it was when I was working in the cinema. And, um, oh, God, I remember we had two prints of Paranormal Activity. And uh, I used to try and time when the lights went up to scare people at the end. <laughs> And just watching, like, like putting the lights on. And then just watching people jump out their seats turned into a bit of a game for me for a little while. That was fun. <laughs> well done. And then there was the time that someone put on Paranormal Activity um, uh, in, uh, instead of Twilight. Uh, that was good. There were some scared <laughs> kids in the audience that, that fucking day. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh shit, there was the time that I put on uh, the Let Me In instead of um, that fucking Zack Snyder owl film that was a oh, that came the out. Owls of Gahul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally put on the first 10 minutes of Let Me In. For <laughs> sake. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, I was, well, a little bit of a tangent. 
I was a little bit fucked over because uh, we had two ways of checking we were putting the right film on and both of them the, the the person programming the projectors and writing up the sheets on the projectors just fucked up and it was um it was a it was a saturday afternoon where like the kids films were like kind of more on during day than the adult films whereas the weekday it was like the adult films more than the kids films so they wrote up let me in to play um, program the projector to, to expect let me in as well so I was none the wiser and then literally I got a really angry radio call from a manager saying there's a mum that's just come out of Guardians of the Hall saying that let me in's on and I fucking shit myself and like literally he came right up and I was like look fair play but look at this sheet this sheet says I'm supposed to put on let me in what does the projector screen say? It says I'm supposed to put on Let Me In. I felt awful because the kid looked pretty fucking young. Uh, I, I, I don't know what happens in the first 10 minutes of Let Me In, but I'm guessing it's not good. It's quite bleak, I remember. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Those were fun times. <laughs> so, uh, how'd the poll come out? But what is that? Mm-hmm. That's just done it. You did not thought. do it. Yeah, I did. I did it. You did it. Yeah. What? How did it come out? Uh, definitely not shit. Sixty-seven percent touching cloth. Seventeen percent and shit. Seventeen percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Random. A little bit random that one. Right, um, oh, fuck me, it's getting, it's getting late, isn't it? Right, um, what are we doing now? We're doing the final girls. Oh, yeah, yeah we're doing the final girls. Directed by a, a guy called Todd. Todd Strauss-Schulson. That's the one. And it stars Teresa Farmiger, Alexander Ludwig, uh, Nina Dobrev, um, Elias Shawkat, Adam Devine, um... And others. Oh, Thomas Middleditch. I think that's his name. Middle Middleditch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, oh, Malin Ackerman as well. That's that's the lady I was forgetting. So, story is uh, Teresa Farmiger is mourning the loss of her mother, played by uh, Malin Ackerman, who was a horror actress in the eighties, uh, doing a revival screening of um, her uh, of a film she was in, Clab. Camp Bloodbath, I believe it's called, um, and through some machinations, uh, she and her friends find herself in Camp Bloodbath, and uh, things ensue. Uh, so, I think we'd all seen this before, haven't we? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Mark, rewatch the Final Girls, what do you think? Well, I remember, um, the weird thing was, I didn't remember that much about the actual film itself. But I did remember that I actually really quite enjoyed it. Um, and so it, it, I thought, right, rather than kind of refreshing myself with watching a trailer or reading anything about it, I'll just go back into it cold and let it, let, let memories kind of start coming back on me. Um, and so I'd completely forgotten that they, I knew they'd end up in the movie. 
but I can remember how they got there or anything like that. So it was that. It, it's a very. It's 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 clearly influenced by very certain movies. So um, Friday the Thirteenth, for instance, and um, the Burning uh, as well. I think it is very much uh, within that as well. Uh, but it, it, it's. It's clearly made by somebody who has an affection and affinity for, for these movies, which is really quite cool. You can absolutely feel that as well. Yeah, um, and it's not a... It's done in a loving, it's, way, it's rather done a loving way, way rather rather than a mocking way. And it's kind of going, look, these things are the reasons why we love them. Um, and, you know, obviously the audience, you wouldn't be watching this if you didn't love these types of movies. These tropes might be dumb, but God damn it, we love them. Yeah, um, I think all the cast are a lot of fun... It's a lot more zany than I remember it being, uh, which I, I really kind of got on with. But yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a really good time again with it. It's visually fun. Um, the beats are quite uh, are quite fun within it. Um, it, it it sticks its horror quite nicely. Um, it manages to make me not um, go uh, go kind of like every time Adam Devine comes on screen because he's just one of those. Yeah, but he's utilised well in this because he's supposed yeah. to be that. Yeah, and he dies at the right time. Yeah, yeah he, he dies before he dies before his his shtick has wore off. Um, As does hot camp bloodbath bath final girl. Like you didn't need any yeah. more time with her within the context of this movie, but in mm. obviously camp bloodbath she's the final girl. Yeah, whereas within this movie she's just boring. She's a boring trope yeah. within this movie, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed my time with it again. Yeah. It, it, it's, it also, as well, is one of those rare movies that's exactly as long as it needs to be. 90 minutes and it gets the fuck in and gets the fuck out. I, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, I think the way that it, did, it knows the characters that need to be killed off. Um, fucking, ah, shit. They're Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. Like, literally... He's there for the exposition and to make you understand, okay, we're in this world. And then it's the one who's enjoying it who then gets killed off. And it's like, oh, shit, this is actually real. Right, see you later. Bye. Is that the Silicon Valley guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah that, that's it. So and him and Adam Devine and Paula, you know, and then you've got your core cast of characters. Um, and, I mean, I think Teresa Farmiger is... The, the like almost the quintessential final girl, um, you know, like she, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Becky, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I absolutely fucking loved it. I, I loved it when we first watched it. I like the way that it, it kind of spins things on its on 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 the head and kind of, you know, I I disagree to an extent about Tyson Farmiga. I think she's she's a bit wet your typical final girl which is why she only gets to be the final girl because Malin Ackerman sacrifices herself for her so it's kind of she deserves um, to be the final girl I, 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 she's, in the, she's in the realm of Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween though isn't she she's a, no she's, a, she's not she's not ballsy like your average final girl though she doesn't she's not but she doesn't. She doesn't get to a point and then go right. Needs fucking man up. She she only does it once. Malin Ackerman dies and she gets the final girl power, and then she well, suddenly heals from the wounds. I, 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 I think it's not a million. 
but I like. I just, I just muted my mic accidentally. Sorry. It's not a million miles away from Jamie Lee Curtis going like, "Well, hey, kiddo, you blah, blah." You know, she feels like if she was in the seventies, she would be Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I would agree with Steve on this one. I think she's a very standard final girl. I don't. I mean, fair enough. It's. it's I. I kind of. I kind of think that she's. She's not. They're not trying to present her as a typical final girl. Like she's got all the kind of issues and stuff which which final girls tend to do. I mean, look at look at Sydney off of screen. She's got pretty much the same kind of issues about her mum and, and stuff yeah. like that. But she's not. She never kind of comes into her own. Until after that sacrifice, she went, never really fights back yeah. properly. Until after that, um, I think she's fighting against the idea of it because she wants her mum to be the final girl, and that's what. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that can take maybe away from it there. What I will say, she wants them both to kind of get out of it, yeah. doesn't she? Because that's not how it works. What's the, 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 the kind of like baffle, mate? And it's still, it, it, I was mentioned it to you when we were watching last night. Not last night, no, far. Um, the the bit where they where the cord doesn't come down and Ali Sharkat and Nia Dobrev get killed there, that still would have blown them up from where they were. Yeah. But they'd have been able to run away. No, they wouldn't. Well, no, because it wasn't to blow up, was it? It was like petrol or something. So they'd have been able to run away from it burning. It was just supposed to burn it. Well, it didn't. It probably was. Well, yes, it did, but... And then you got cool jump up a window from it. You did. You did do that. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a really good point to make. I run it on there. Sorry. Ruined it. I'm a ruiner. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, no, it's, it's a really, really good time, isn't it? Um, you remember your point, Elliot? Tina. What? Tina doing, doing the fucking dance on ADD medication is a whole mood. <laughs> That is, yeah, that's a really good way of putting that's, that. It's fucking mint. Yeah. Her, her whole little performance of been on the medication is great. Yeah, it is, yeah. When she just fucking rips the duct tape off the gloves with her teeth and then just fucking starts dancing. Yeah, it's good as that. Yeah. But it, it, it's like terrifyingly aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like that's that's not that's not sexy. That's like you're almost she's she's almost raping the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's quite yeah forceful. Yeah, I, yeah. I just like her performance. The way she's basically like a like a fucking baby. Like I don't roll. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she takes. She takes. To the to, to a, a different extreme, which is quite nice. She's excellent but, in it, but she's quite sweet as well. Like that, yeah. the bit where he's like, "Why doesn't he like me? And my boobs too small?" You know, it just it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, it it it's fun, and I like the the fact that it's got that emotional core with with the 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 mum um, uh, to it. Uh, it. It's and actually, I I, I think that kind of the filmmaking is is well done as well like that sequence the car crash the way it's like the fixed camera angle with the car as it's kind of spinning you just see like the background spinning around instead of the car 
Yeah. Um, I, re- I really like that. And it's, um, I don't know, it just, it's one of those films that kind of seem to pop out of nowhere. And yeah, it kind of feels like if it got a theatrical release, it might have actually maybe done something. I mean, it, it, it's quite in-jokey. Um, it, yeah, I think it, it, it's it one No, it didn't. It, it, it landed on VOD, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't watch Fire But yeah, I, I, I agree that I think I think it would have got a little bit more attention had it had it actually kind of like got a better a better release. Um, it, it seems like it, I, I get the feeling it would do now. I, I get the feeling now it would be something that Netflix would put out. I mean, that's the thing. If this was a Netflix original now, it kind of feels like the kind of thing that would actually blow up a bit on social media. Yeah. Um, and, and and yet here it is, and it, I don't. I mean. It kind of feels like something that probably played Fright Fest, and if it did, I bet it went down a fucking. It, it's one of those films where if you saw it at Fright Fest, it'd be like that was the best film all weekend, hands down. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's, you know, for me, like tonally, it's babysitter adjacent. Like it would work as that type of Netflix release. Yeah, that's a fucking great shout. Oh god, I need to rewatch the babysitter. Oh, we've rewatched it a couple of times. Since really? Yeah, actually, it's yeah, yeah, we, we have rewatched it a few times. It is. Um... It is, it's a treat of that movie. Yeah. yeah. But oh, I think, for me, this is one of those films that I kind of, I don't know, I don't know why, but I assume it got a big release and everyone's seen it, because I have, and it's so great, so I wouldn't be flirt. No, it's 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 not. Oh, anyone anyone listening that's not seen it, go out and watch Final Girls. It's fucking mint. Yep. Even though it's, like, impossible to rent it anywhere in the UK. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but seven ninety nine on iTunes, that... What? I mean that is quite expensive. Uh, do you know what? What I did, I bought it on iTunes. Little little life hack: if iTunes doesn't come up with the thing saying you need to acknowledge if you play, like you've got forty days, fourteen days to refund this, but if you press play, that will void that. If it doesn't come up with that, and you then report a problem, you'll get the option to cancel the purchase, which is what I did. So, uh, Mark very kindly um, helped me out with a, a, another bit of assistance for for a copy. He sent me a DVD in the post, and I said, no, I don't want a DVD. I want it on iTunes HD. And then I refunded it. <laughs> I might have looked at the extras as well before refunding it. I... <laughs> It's kind of fucking weird that iTunes let me do that, to be honest. But like, God knows what they're fucking. That that like. To be, fair, old... yeah. to be fair, not too long ago, I rented something on iTunes, watched it, and then asked for a refund, and they gave me it. Really? That's the yeah, thing. As long as they don't, as long the thing is, it kind of seems like if they notice that you are doing this a lot, it will come up with a dialogue box going, "If you press play." You're not getting a refund, and then it's like, okay, then fair enough. All right, fine. No, actually, if no, it doesn't come up with that, it should let you cancel it. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what fucking film it was. It's not I asked for a refund after I watched it. I accidentally tapped on it and rented it, and then contacted him to say, "Oh, email said I've accidentally rented this. I didn't actually mean to." Uh, and then they refunded me pretty much straight away, uh, but it was still on my iTunes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And I, I thought, fuck, I'm going to watch it. And I watched it, uh, thinking that they just didn't recharge me, and it didn't. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it's weird. They've not quite got that down. Because as soon as they tell you, if you press play, that's it, then they do have you over a barrel. But if they don't give you that warning beforehand, then they do have to give you the option to cancel the purchase. It's like a fucking EU law, which to be fair, post-Brexit, God knows what will happen then. But, you know, um, but that's, so yeah, I literally, I watched the final girls in 5.1 surround, watch the extras, and I just cancelled the fucking purchase. <laughs> Not that we're advocating taking advantage of Apple's Slack policies. Or no, no, no. The, the thing is, right, if if it was there to rent for four oh, yeah. forty nine, I would have rented it, and I wouldn't have fucking cancelled the rental. No. But seven ninety nine to buy it, which is the only option... Yes, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the filmmakers, but yes, I am going to do that. And you know what? The next time I see it for two ninety nine on iTunes again, they they can add that. Yeah. Absolutely. The weird thing was we did check it uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was available to rent a couple of weeks ago. That that that. Was that I think it was on Prime a couple of weeks ago. I think it might have been on. No, it won't. It won't. It was that around. And well, you know what? If iTunes came up with that dialogue box saying, if you press play, that's it, I would have pressed play because it was more convenient at the time and I would have spent that seven ninety nine. <laughs> so, you know, don't it, uh, don't hate the game, hate the player? No. I suppose it's don't hate the player, I don't hate the game. Anyway, fuck it. There you go. But what you're saying is if you paid eight quid for it and it was on your iTunes, you'd watch it again, is what you're saying, yeah? I... I, I was a bit annoyed by the fact that I, I literally the only option I had on iTunes was to pay eight pound. Yeah, yeah, they that, need that, to be available either either on Amazon or on iTunes. It needs to be available to rent. If it isn't currently, it's no, just buy. It is, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, that's all uh, the conversation. That that's it. Basically, they've lost the fiver. Hmm. But I have also been apparently perfectly within my consumer rights to do this. So. Fair enough. Fuck it. I didn't pirate it. Right. So, uh, did we do a poll on this? We did, yes. Uh, Definitely shit. 50%. Touching cloth, 0%. Shit, 50%. And Geostorm, 0%. Hmm. I don't know how anyone could think it was shit. Especially our audience. Yeah. What's that? What? What did you say? What did no, you say? I don't know what he said. Especially our audience. Yeah. I don't get that. Oh. Um, worst thing happens. <laughs> so, let's do some what we've been watching. What have we been watching? <laughs> We've not watched an awful lot, have we, Bex? So I'll, I, you, you've actually got one. What have you watched, haven't you? As a collective, so. Hey. Yeah. No. Yeah, as a collective, as both of us. Do I? Yeah. What is it? It's literally on the iPad right in front of us. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh no, you can talk about that. So you're not, you're not going to talk about anything then in this section. I'll, I'll join in on this one. Well, I'll do my other two first then. 
Uh, speed round, I'll, I'll speed round it because it, it, it's getting late. But and, and the, that I don't need to talk that much about these two movies. Have you watched Role Models this morning? Uh, if I work, uh, what Role Models? Oh, Role Models. Oh, yeah. You said War Horse. No, no, I didn't really watch War Horse. Um, yeah, um, I remember only vaguely enjoying role models and it kind of been irked by it, but I thought I'd give it a watch because it was like 95 minutes, I needed a 95 minute movie that I could watch while drinking coffee and eating breakfast. So I, I watched role models. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it on this rewatch. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I, I will say I laughed more than I probably should have at this movie. <laughs> um, and I, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with laughing more than I should have at this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, I also rewatched um, Two Night Stand uh, with Miles Teller um, and Annalee Tipton. Uh, and what I was saying there is uh, it, it, it's a movie that's really quite light in its um, substance, is what I'll say, but held up by the fact that Miles Teller and uh, Annalee Tipton are both quite charismatic screen presences, so I kind of enjoy just watching them interacting together. Um, I get the feeling that she should do more. She should be in more. She should be out there more. Yeah, Annalee Tipton, she's um, she just seems to pop up in things. like um, She's been in Big Bang Theory um, and she was in Crazy Stupid Love as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she, um, she's very good in that, yeah. And, and, and she's, she's a lot better than Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a really good way to put it. That yeah, yeah. She, 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 if we could, if we could just everything that people are giving and all the love that Aubrey Plaza is being given, if we could put her in that instead, <laughs> I, I'd be more akin to that because at least she's a likable screen presence. Mm-hmm. At least sarcastic cunt isn't her only go-to thing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, 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 it's. Oh God, she's the she's the daughter in Crazy Stupid Love, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, uh, and what what else did we watch, Becky? We watched Little Italy. Um, what what did you say when I suggested watching this? Was it along the lines of Oh fuck no. I think it was along the lines of Oh fuck no. Well, that that poster's shit, though, isn't it? No. It is. No. Not even that one. It's a different one you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, the one where they're both wearing the t-shirts from the market. Yeah. And hers, for some reason, they've become the crop top, despite the fact that in the film it's a full-length t-shirt. Yeah. Powerful movie, though. It, well, it is. It is very powerful for you, especially because you 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 have a weird love for Emma Roberts because she, she's mental. She's dangerous. She is dangerous. She's, um, she's, she's had a moment, haven't she? Yeah. She's got um, I wasn't looking forward to this, and I don't know why. It's it's not great, as in it's not a great movie. Like it's not going to win any fucking awards or anything. But as a frothy, fun rom com to watch on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon or something along those lines, well, it's really good fun. Well, to give you an idea of what it's about, it's set in Little Italy, um, which is in Toronto. Well, they have little Italy's everywhere. Yeah, they, they do, but this is a Toronto one, mm. which makes no sense for why they're all speaking with New York accents. Yes. But it is set in Toronto for some reason. Uh, and um, what's her name? Emma Roberts and Hayden Christensen, who is speaking with a very thick New York accent. If I make an accent. Which one? Uh, Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Christensen. Oh, my. Um, yeah. 
they're from uh, kind of families that are very that, that I, they do everything together and they've grown up together as kids. And then all of a sudden, a pizza competition splits them up <laughs> and they become warring families to the point of where it drives Emma Roberts to go off and become a really sort of successful chef in uh, training chef in London. Yeah. Uh, and then she has to come back to change her visa from a student visa to a work visa. So she has to come back to Little Italy for uh, a few days before she can go back. And then she goes back to this oh, big family drama and this guy that she's always loved, that's always loved her. And we get all that kind of thing going on, don't we? Yeah. It's it's trying to go for a frothy rom-com Romeo and Juliet Five, yeah, but without any death. Hayden Christensen's die job is horrific. It's Bumblebee Man from the Simpsons levels of racially insensitive. It's quite racist. It's this quite movie. racist. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jane Seymour's there. The actual main crux of the story that actually gets you to buy into any romance is about old people. Johnny Aiello and um, what's the name? Yeah, the uh, Christina Rossi, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's lovely. Don't get addicted to Starbucks. Yeah, when he introduces her to Starbucks because it's the only place that real little Italians won't go. <laughs> yeah. And, then and she gets the fucking addicted to caramel fucking... Macchiato. Macchiato. And then the, every other scene you see them in, they're carrying at least <laughs> two Starbucks. <laughs> it's, it's such an odd... It, it's the sort of film where, like... 99% of people will go, that is a shit movie. And I will go, you're right, that. it is a shit movie. I love but it. But I loved it. <laughs> there the, the, was bits. Is a drunken I mean, football match? There is a drunken football match. There, there's, there is bits, though, where you're watching it where you're going, should I have a problem with that? Do I like that? I don't think I like that. That's not right. That's mm. It's every, every, every person in it has a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, but it's never done in like a mean way, malicious, like poking fun kind well, of way. But it's, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit with the ending. Yeah, uh, but everybody in it seems to be having an awful lot of fun being in it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, it's not a recommend because most people will hate it and go, yeah. "You're a fucking idiot." Yeah. But I enjoyed my time with it probably a lot more than anybody else who's watched it. You really like Bride Wars, though, so... I don't really like Bride Wars. I don't dislike Bride Wars. How many times have you seen Bride Wars? Three. More than anyone. I'll watch Little Italy again. You will. I know. Ian, what have you been watching? Mark Mark sent me a copy of Little Italy, which I didn't watch. You should. I don't know. (laughs) Right, so... I uh yeah, I watched a few things. So uh rewatched Hannah. Um sorry, I've just been uh, distracted by um the the fucking the, the guy who basically runs Nintendo of America is retiring and he's been replaced by a guy whose surname is literally Bowser. Nice. <laughs> 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 That, that that's like when they when Eric Banner played Hulk. Yeah. Like like literally B O W S E R Doug <laughs> Bowser. I just like so there's 
that a lot of fucking tweets I'm seeing about Nintendo being taken over by Bowser, and it, it like yes, yes, it has. Sorry, um, that's really f- sorry. That's you put me off my flow. That's fucking incredible. Um, anyway, so sorry. Um, ha- uh, yeah, Hannah, directed by Joe Wright, is fucking brilliant. Um. Well, to be honest, we'll be talking about it towards the end of the year, I think. So I'll I'll, I'll leave it there. Hannah is fucking awesome. I watched the <laughs> Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Disappointing Atmos soundtrack here, guys. Um, some okay stuff in the surrounds, but the Atmos only really makes you feel like shit's happening overhead when there's spaceships about. And, uh, yeah... But Valerian's really fun. Way. That seems like a film that will be made for Atmos. Yeah, no, it's not really. I mean, the surround stuff's good, the base is good, but the the the, the Atmos upfiring stuff only kicks in a couple of times. I tell you what's better in Atmos for what? me: Ghostbusters, a film from thirty years ago, has more like overhead sounding stuff than Valerian. That's problematic, isn't it? That's troubling. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. Um, it, actually, not bad. Uh, you know, it was a film that was originally mixed in stereo, but, you know, it, it's not got an awful lot going on. But, uh, when it when it kicks in towards the end, when fucking Zool's all around and whatnot, it's, uh, it, it's pretty effective, actually. Uh, Ghostbusters is Ghostbusters. You know, I don't think I need to talk about that. Valerian, uh, Valerian's fun. Um, you know, it, it, it's a shame that Luke Besson is turned out to be Luke Besson, but he fucking knew how to create a world, that guy. So, yeah. Um, I really oh, like that, actually. I was fully expecting to hate Valerian, and then you, you were like, give it a go, because it's not as bad as people have made it out to be. I really enjoyed it. I very much liked Valerian. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's, it, it. it's a fun world, and, you know, it's him in full Fifth Element mode. Um, but with an even larger budget. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it's weird that that thing bombed because you look at something like Avatar and it's like, that is a lot weirder than Valerian is. And yet Valerian people just didn't seem to connect with it. Um, and I, I, I it, it's been cited elsewhere, but... The, the the section where he's going through the different levels to get to um, uh, to get to that ship, it, it, it has very much been aped in Aquaman. The whole kind of like following him third person while he's like careening through walls. Um, it, that's a really good action sequence, and it, it, yeah, I don't know. I think Valerian's go- it, it's going to be more appreciated in time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Valerian is, is, is a film that in ten years' time, if they're still around, will get an Arrow release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, the 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 four K is all right, but yeah, must disappointing. Anyway, uh, Fright Fest presents Video Man, uh, which uh, came out on iTunes last Monday. It's the best Fright Fest. Films presents thing that I've seen out of the few that I have seen, and it's uh, three out of five stars. Well done, Trifest. Um, 
I wrote a review for it on Vodzilla. I'm just going to direct you there. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's it's more interesting than you maybe think it is, but also if you come from a certain perspective, less, less interesting than you think it is. So, uh, yeah, video man. Uh, the House with a Clock in Its Walls. Uh, abandoned it halfway through during cinema visit with Lottie, uh, but managed to actually finish it this time without Lottie. She could not care less. Um, and yeah, it was, um, fun. Uh, Jack Black's kind of Jack Black. Kate Blanchett, uh, is Kate Blanchett, which I know Mark is probably not a thing for you. Um, it, 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 it's good, solid 12A rated horror. Um, and I think it would be a good introduction to horror for kids who are so inclined, uh, my my one is not one of them. However, we did get through together the whole of the kid who would be king, the uh, the new joke oh, yeah. film. So uh, yeah, so this is um, Andy Sam uh, Andy Sandberg's kid, Andy Circus's kid, who was last seen um, terrifyingly put up on a wall in Mowgli: Legend of the Jungle. Um. That was him, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he, that doesn't happen in this film. Don't worry, folks. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he's uh, he's back. Uh, and this time he is a uh, kid who lives with his mum. His dad had his demons and uh, has is not in the picture. Uh, finds the sword in the stone. Pulls it out. Hey! He's worthy. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson plays a woman um, stuck to a tree for an awful lot of the runtime. She turns into a dragon towards the end. So basically, Rebecca Ferguson is in it for maybe 10 minutes or so. (laughs) And uh, the the rest of it, it's... um, Yeah, so basically... He is like uh, the new King Arthur. Essentially, he has to induct Knights of the Round Table. Um, It's basically two of his bullies and his best mate. Um, And they're led by Merlin, who's played by both um, uh, Patrick Stewart and Angus Imry, uh, son of uh, Celia Imry. Um, And they basically fight Rebecca Ferguson's hordes and then eventually her as a dragon. Um, so this film's not done very well. Basically, it, it was budgeted at $60 million, and it's not going to make nearly that worldwide. Um, it's a bit of a shame. It's it, 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 it's a good film. Um, but it's not really the banger that it ever kind of, threatens like a good thing yeah yeah i mean that that's it, it it's uh, it's two hours long and it feels like it should be a hundred minutes not a hundred hours um there's some there's some good action in it but it's never great the characters in it are good but they never really truly connect um and, and bizarrely, I mean, it's a film that Joe Cornish has apparently it, it, it's been written for ages, but 
it's talking about a line that uh, a land that is leaderless and people are divided and that's why Rebecca Ferguson's character is rising up now and it kind of basically seems that Rebecca Ferguson is playing Jacob Rees-Mogg um <laughs> it, it's it's very odd um and I respect it for that, but it's obviously not about that. But maybe in a way it is. I don't know. It's just this film that kind of feels like it shouldn't have fucking cost $60 million. Like, the fact it cost $60 million is fucking mental. Like, there are CG sequences, but it is basically the same CG skeleton knight thing copy and pasted a lot. Um, like the scale of it, I mean the, the ending sequence takes place in a inner city school to give you a sense of scale there. Um, but I enjoyed the story enough. I enjoyed my time with it. I mean like I said, I mean I gave it four out of five on letterboxd. I think maybe it should be more a three point five. Um it, it just it was very much in in one eye and out the other, um, and that's a shame because Joe Cornish, you know, he was on the short list to direct Mission Impossible Fallout before it was Mission Impossible Fallout, if I remember correctly. It was, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. He's he, he's kind of had his hands on some big budget stuff, and Attack the Block feels like it was a very long time ago. Um, and he's come out with this, and it's a bit of a damp squib. And I'll be honest, it's good, but it doesn't quite feel like the this film was underrated and it should be seen by more people. It doesn't feel like that. It it just it it feels like quality half term fare, but that's kind of about it. Again. <laughs> Like and, and, and I mean, there's there's a subplot with an absent dad, which goes. There, 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 there's there's a lot of things in his way, and this subplot with the dad is another thing in his way. But it's also a thing which is disconnected from any, any of the other characters and takes up a good ten fifteen minutes of screen time. And it feels like if that wasn't there. You wouldn't lose an awful lot, and you'd have a much tighter film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's the kid who would be king. It, it, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. It it, it feel it, it. The thing is, it, you're watching it, and you will it to be better than it is. That's a shame because I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's solid enough rental, though. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, Okay, so uh, very quickly, uh, Ratatouille, it's a fucking masterpiece. That film's brilliant. Um, and I watched another um, uh, another Hong Sang Soo film, uh, Claire's Camera. It's on movie. Uh, it was pretty much all shot at Cannes. Uh, it's 68 minutes long. It's basically a series of conversations. Sorry? It's 68 minutes? Yeah. That's short. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. I literally watched it on the train to and from work and on the treadmill all in the one day. Brilliant. Job done. There's a movie watched. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Isabel Huppert, he basically... Sold. Ha- yeah, having conversations with people, and it's lovely. And then it ends. Four out of five. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold on that. <laughs> and that is me. Cool. And I just remembered that I'm hosting. Uh, you are. <laughs> Mark, you, you do Twitter questions. You yeah, do, do. do Twitter questions. I do do Twitter questions. I'm in two seconds. Yeah, you said do do. I did say do do. Right. So our question for you this week is, what's the name of your local video star as a kid? And also, what would you have called your video star? My intentions put Paddocks. Rick Kidd. Uh, it was Ritz. Uh, I think we just called it the video shop. But they should put, also put, just realised I misread the question. Duh. I very end up calling it something daft that rhymes like kids thrills or chills and kills. What was your local video shop, Beck? Um, was it called Pete One Video? No, that was more than Hackney. What was more than Hackney called? Choices. Was it? Yeah, it was Choices. Pete oh. One Video was in Huntington. Uh, Oh, maybe like in my brain, I've just been living vicariously through your video rental story. Yeah, it was, it was Tate on video in Huntington. Oh, did you, did you not just go to one in Huntington, probably? No, we went to one in Hexley. It was never Chinese. Yeah, it was Choice, isn't it? Choice. Yeah. I used to fucking love that. We used to go on a Friday night and get, well, like Saturday night with Pizza Night. Friday night, we used to go get a Chinese takeaway, go and pick a film. And that was our special treat for finishing the week at school. Yeah, I used to bike to take one video uh, and was allowed to rent whatever because my dad had given him a note. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that nowadays. Uh, yeah, I used to like rent like three or four movies and take them home watch them one night. Ian, what was yours? It was Ritz, actually, yeah, before they got taken over by Blockbuster. By Blockbuster, yeah. There was, a yeah. Ritz, there was a Ritz that was close to uh, my... Uh, that obviously had a better selection than take one video. Actually, I didn't have a better selection. That's a lie. It had more copies of big releases, mm. but Ritz, uh, no, no, sorry, Ritz, um, but uh, Tate One Video had a, literally, uh, it had a horror section that was massive, bigger than the Blockbuster horror section, nice. and a martial arts section and a genre pick section. And literally, that was the, where I first got into Argento stuff and stuff like that because he had copies of those, which really he probably shouldn't have had because they were literally just. Bootleg copies of stuff. What would you call your video store if you were people? What? Uh, what I call it? Um, see, at, at the time, I'd have probably called it Clerks. So it's like a homage. I feel like if we opened one now, yeah, as part of our, our perceived empire, it would be the cornerback video store. Yeah. Yeah. For reasons. Reasons. I'm not going to answer them. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. That was that was our I question. Dirty, I made that sound like it was something dirty. You did a little bit about it. Yeah. Related to the cat. Uh, we were next to one question actually. Um, You're not going to ask Ian what his video style would be called. What would your video style be called, Ian? Oh, my. What would it be called? Yeah. I don't know because like. There wouldn't be one now. It, it would just be like, why are you here? <laughs> It'd just be an iPad. Actually, no, no, it would be, are you Noel? 
Oh, Mel is. <laughs> yes. He was just, just on loads of fucking of, of videos that were on the videos, Nasty's list, and just, just a fridge that just had a load of crap. They only had all day going, sorry, it's Liz. Actually, no, it would be boobs. Now I've got your attention. Here's some VHS. <laughs> you, see, yeah, you see, I would be in there. You would. Yeah, yeah. going, all these films have boobs in them, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that would be my guarantee. Every single one of these films has a woman in it. Would you have the uh, what's he? What was the guy called that ran the the website about boobs? Mister Skin. Yeah, would it have a Mister Skin review. Run it, he still runs it. It's still a website. Oh, it's it's yeah. Have a Mister Skin review attached to every every video tape. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> um. Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd, uh, what genre slash type of films that you rarely or never see getting made nowadays would you like to see make a comeback? For me, it's uh, Sergio Leone-style spaghetti westerns. Silent movies. Let's have some more silent movies. Silent movies are fun, man. You've got score. You've got expression. You got every now and then intertitles. Let's fucking do that. Let's have Michael Bay's Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen as a fucking silent movie. I, I'd watch the shit out of that. And I always, I do say a lot of this that I need to get in a watch these Charlie Chaplin movies that I bought on iTunes. You did do that, yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, I'd say, I'd say musicals, but they seem to be making a bit of a comeback they already. They've a bit of a comeback there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've got Cats and West Side Story coming. Well, they can go fuck off. I, I'm the the thought that we are going to have a cats film at the end of the year is quite disconcerting. And it's by Tom Hooper. Yeah, yeah, that can that, that can get. Fucked. Um, I, it, 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 it's a wicked movie though. Again, can get fucked. Why? Do you guys? What the story is? Don't give a fuck. Have you have you? Do you guys ever watch um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Uh, I watched the first series, but then wanted to. Okay, so I'm not going to spoiler it then. No, you can't. I'll never watch it. Yeah, towards the end of the last season, there's a brilliant episode where one of one of the like inspiring actor in the show Titus he he finds himself he's watching cats and he wants to be like he wants to be on stage. So he dressed like he he sees them going out into the audience. So he's like, right, well, I'm just going to dress up like one of them. And then when they go out into the audience, I'll just go back with them. So he does that. And then he's like singing with them at the end. And then he goes backstage and then they all gang together and they're all looking at him. They're like, you've discovered our secret. It's like, what? And it's like, nobody knows what this show is about. We all just make up things and then go into the audience and steal all their stuff. So like literally, it's just they all and like you and then they show you the show, and it's all these people like just basically going up on stage and just spouting this utter shit, and then coming off, and then it's like they all do it one by one. Then they go out into the crowd and just steal people's wallets and like dropped things, and it's like yeah, that's what cats is. Yeah, it, it like it wasn't. It's never actually been a show. It was just made by people who were entrepreneurs who just got into cat costumes and stole things. <laughs> um, Mid-budget thrillers. There we go. 
Scooby-Doo thrillers. Yeah. Mine's erotic thrillers. You love an erotic thriller. I do love an erotic thriller. And we, we don't get anywhere near enough erotic thrillers nowadays. Ashley Judd movies. Is that a genre? It should be. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, fuck you, Weinstein. Make more Ashley Judd movies. Not you. Not you, you prick. Not you personally. You can fuck off and go to court, but, yeah. What, prison? Every Well, it has to be proven guilty first, doesn't it? It is good. Yeah. Mid-budget thrillers starring Ashley Judd. Oh! Ashley Judd in a erotic mid-budget thriller. <laughs> Maybe she sings. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch the fuck out of that. I'd love to do. Nice. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay, so coming up next week then, playing it forward as we talked about earlier. And uh, I think that is going to be it. Yep. So. Oscars, baby. Yeah. Uh, we'll have Oscar Bation for you guys on Monday, where Bohemian Rhapsody will win Best Picture, and we'll Fuck all off. slam our fucking iPads and laptops into the wall. I, I, I have insured myself against this. Bye. I have put a pound on it winning Best Picture. Oh. Because then when I get pissed off about it, I can go, oh, well, at least it won me 50 quid. Is it 50 to 1? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, it's 50 to 1. Yeah, 50 to 1. I might do that. I will be coming in approximately, what, 10 minutes into the show, because I can't watch a fucking Queen medley with Adam Lambert singing Freddie Mercury's song. Right. So there's that. I need to fucking see what the odds are on Bohemian Rhapsody right now, because that seems like a really good bet. Yeah. Oh, it can't win. It can't. It's shite. Where's it gone? It's not on my thing now. Not on my bet slip. Oh, no. Oh, sorry, no, it wasn't 51. It's 51. It's 33 to 1. Well, 33 to 1 is still pretty good. What the fucking... Yeah. What are the odds now? Right, I, bet 365. 25 got... to 1. Oh, the odds have shortened. I've also got um, Spike Lee for Black Landsman at 12 to 1. What for best picture or for best director? For best director. Nice. What am I fucking... I've got some bets on. So, all right, cool. So I got. I just got the Me and Rhapsody at 25 to 1. I got... Um, fucking hell, this is how times have changed. Sam Elliott for best supporting actor. Um, yeah, uh, stake one pound, return 11 pound. I've got Spike. to one pound return, nineteen pounds on that one. <sighs> Spike Lee, I staked two pounds and I'd get thirty back. Olivia Coleman, uh, one pound, I get five pound back. Christian Bale, one pound, I get two pound thirty-seven back. Getting a lot of shot odds, isn't it? Mm. Uh, green, uh, yeah. So, best picture. Green Book, I staked £2, I'd get 24 back. If Black Klansman wins, stake £2, I get 30 quid back. It's basically, as long as Roma doesn't win, I think I'm in the money. So what we're saying is Roma's going to win. I think what we're saying is Roma will win Best Picture, yeah. 
Even though, Green Book, if I cash out now, I staked £2, I'd get £4.80 back. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's not bad. Well, it's, yeah, it's just because the, the odds have gone longer since, or shortened since. Shortened since. So they're trying to get me to cash out. <laughs> okay. That's fucking... Oh, fuck, that's actually tempting. I don't know if I can cash out on that. What are you on? Skybet. What are you on, Ian? Bet365. Because, like, literally, right, it's a green book. I staked £2, I cash out, I get £4.80. Black Klansman... I cash out on a two pound bet. I get twenty p back. <laughs> right? Is Green Book gonna win Best Picture? Is Green Book gonna win Best? The thing is, if it if it was Black Klansman, I'd cash out with four pound eighty. I think I'd do it. Yeah, Green Book could win it. It could win. Nobody thought um, Fish Book was gonna win it last year. You really do you not think Black Clansman's got a chance? I think I I, I think it's between Green Book, Black Clansman, uh, and Roma for best picture. I th- I think some of the heat's died down from Roma. Surely you must realise how problematic it would be to be doing that today, given the controversy about the director and the fact that everyone's saying it's shit. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get it, but I have been sure of myself against it. Right, well, we will see. I, f- I feel like it's going to be a really, like, old Oscars. It, 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 it's going to be, it's, it's the year they kind of want to get it out of the way. But this, this is all Oscarbation chat. We're eating mm-hmm. it now. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say one last thing on the Oscars. I really hope the rumours are true and Whoopi Goldberg is hosting the whole thing and it's all this big secret surprise thing because that would be amazing. I think she will. I think she's going to come out in some fucking mental costumes and it's going to be yeah. incredible. I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. And she's been she's been off sick from The View all week, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And she said even before um, Hart got the gig... That she'd love to do it again. I'd be a bullet. I like Whoopi Goldberg. I like Whoopi Goldberg. I love jumping jacks, slash and iTunes. Yeah. And she's hosted it successfully four times so before. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't announce it beforehand, it doesn't give anyone time to find anything to fucking whine about. I don't think you can with Whoopi Goldberg. No. Well, I'm sure they probably could. They probably they could probably try, but you know. I don't think anybody would want to. Well, she defended Liam Neeson recently. They could go for that. Oh, yeah, that's but... died down, though, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, as, people are allowing themselves to be excited for Cold Pursuit again. I'm excited for Cold Pursuit. There you go. Yeah. Right, so, Oscarbation on... Uh, it'll be out on Monday. We'll have played forward next week. I need a week. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Becky. Goodbye. Bye.